From Upstate Medical University in Syracuse, New York, I'm Amber Smith. This is HealthLink on Air. Upstate University Hospital debuted its thoracic oncology program in 1999. It's defined by a multidisciplinary team approach, which other medical providers at the Upstate Cancer Center have since adopted, and which has been shown to significantly boost a patient's survival. Here in the HealthLink on Air studio to talk about this milestone of 20 years of service is Dr. Leslie Komen. She's a thoracic surgeon by training who is now the director for outreach for the Upstate Cancer Center, and she's the founding member of Upstate's thoracic oncology program. Welcome back to HealthLink on Air, Dr. Komen. Thanks, Amber. Let's start by uh, explaining what multidisciplinary means. It's a Multi- big word. Multidisciplinary means that all the different specialists who might be involved in a patient's care meet together and talk about the plan of care for the patient. And for cancer patients, this usually means often a surgeon, a radiation oncologist, a medical oncologist, and some form of internist, depending on the type of cancer. For lung cancer, it's a pulmonary specialist. For abdominal cancer, it's a gastroenterologist. Plus, the non-medical disciplines, such as nutrition, integrative therapy, palliative care, survivorship, psychological support, spiritual care, pain management, social work, and all the ancillary disciplines that a patient needs to help them through their cancer journey. So it sounds like a huge team. It's a huge team. And, but it also sounds like it would be coordinated. Yes, we coordinate the first visit with the thoracic oncology program. It's for anybody who has recently diagnosed or suspected lung cancer or other cancers in the chest. And the team sees the patient, reviews all the images, the biopsies, if if any have been done, and the patient usually gets a full set of breathing tests to see how fit they are to withstand whatever treatment is going to be prescribed. Then all the specialists meet together and decide upon a treatment plan. The patient then continues with the specialist most appropriately designated for their current form of treatment, and then they go on from there. So they would, this patient would kind of get the, the team report uh, through their, their doctor. Right. You the get they... all your opinions from all the different specialists right on the same day. In places that don't have such a coordinated approach, the doctors still communicate. However, the patient will have to go around to different offices of different doctors, possibly on different days, to get everybody's evaluation. And then they may talk among themselves, probably not in such a formal meeting as we have here. So I was going to ask you to describe sort of the difference between the multidisciplinary right. versus the traditional, but that's right. That's it the saves main... the patient time because all the specialists are right there at the same time, and it gets them through the workup faster. They get to their right course of treatment faster. 
It seems to me, too, that you've got all of these brains put together at once. It's almost like getting a bunch of second opinions all at once. Multiple opinions all at once. And some of the discussions get a little bit heated because people have different opinions and knowledge. And that's how we come to an agreement and the patient gets the very best choice. So one doctor may think this is the treatment we need, but one of his colleagues, his or her colleagues says... Yeah, but you forgot about this. This is important. Right. We need to or do. I just went to a meeting and found some updated information, and maybe we ought to try this. So is multidisciplinary, is this the type of care that patients would get at most of the major cancer centers in America? At many major cancer centers, they will get something like this. When we started our program 20 years ago, our founding team visited and had visitors from in particular, the University of North Carolina Cancer Center and Dana-Farber Cancer Center in Boston. And we modeled our program very much on those two. So the Upstate Cancer Center has multidisciplinary care teams, not just for lung cancer, but what are the other cancer types? So we designed the third floor of the cancer center to provide multidisciplinary care. And now we have a breast multidisciplinary program, a hepatobiliary program, which is for cancers of the liver, pancreas, and gallbladder, a head and neck program, which is for cancers of the mouth, throat, and neck. And slightly differently organized, we have multidisciplinary team review for cancers of the kidney, bladder, and prostate. In the future, we will be adding these programs for brain and spinal cord tumors and gynecologic oncology such as ovary, cervix, and uterus. Let me remind listeners, this is Upstate's HealthLink on Air. I'm your host, Amber Smith, and I'm talking with Dr. Leslie Komen about the thoracic oncology program, which has been in place at Upstate for 20 years. Now, I want to talk about the evidence that's out there that this team approach, the multidisciplinary care, can actually boost survival. What do we know about that? Well, it's pretty hard to come by that evidence, but our SUNY partners at Stony Brook have actually been able to measure this because they have two tracks for patients. Some of their patients go through a similar multidisciplinary program, and some of them are treated in a more traditional way. And they have found that for every stage of lung cancer, the patients who were evaluated in a multidisciplinary fashion had better outcomes and survivals than the patients who are evaluated in a traditional method. Here at Upstate, most of our patients are seen in a multidisciplinary fashion, and we don't actually have a way to tag them in our system. However, since we began in 1999 to 2016, which is still a few years ago, we have found for every stage of lung cancer, the survivals have improved several percent over these almost 20 years. And remember, this is before we can measure the effects of newer methodology such as targeted agents and immunotherapy. 
Interesting. All right. Well, let's talk about lung cancer because it does still remain the leading cancer killer in both men and women, right? Yes, around the world and in the United States. And is it true that lung cancer is more curable if it's caught in the early stage? Absolutely. If we find lung cancers in the earliest stage, which is stage one, it, 80% of the time it's curable by surgery alone. Are more younger people diagnosed with lung cancer than we used to see? Probably not, although there have been some smaller studies which have showed an increased incidence. People below the age of 50 comprise only 5% of lung cancer patients. The lung cancer incidence has fallen by 30 to 40% in every age group uh, over the last 15 to 20 years. And this is because of the reduced incidence of smoking. Now in young people, and if you're talking about the very young, less than 40 or even less than 25 years old, most of those cancers are different than the cancers identified in older patients. They have a different cell type. They are probably more common in women than in men. And in younger people, unfortunately, they're usually discovered later because no one believes that such a young patient has lung cancer. And so until they have a symptom that is very persistent and significant, they don't get evaluated for it. So are these different lung cancers, are they not tied to smoking? They're well... There are many other causes for lung cancer besides smoking. Smoking remains the very, very most significant one. However, secondhand smoke is the second. In very young patients, like under 25, they are not necessarily smoking-related. In patients under 40 years of old of age, there is also a much higher incidence of some sort of genetic problem that has led to the lung cancer. Now there's different types of lung cancer. I've heard it divided by small cell and non-small cell. Are those the two main categories? Those are the two main categories. Most lung cancers are non-small cell, which has its own subcategories. The small cell cancers are a little bit less common than they used to be. They're almost always smoking related. And they are usually discovered in a more advanced stage because they're very rapidly growing. The outcome is not as good with small cell cancer. Often surgery is not part of the treatment plan because it's too advanced for surgery at the time it's discovered. And although they respond very well to the first course of chemotherapy, they have a quite strong tendency to come back again. So for the major type, the non-small cell, you mentioned, it, well, I wanted to go over the treatment options. You mentioned surgery. Is that for non-small cell? Surgery is the, treat, the first part of the treatment or the main part of the treatment for stages one and two lung cancer. And it sometimes plays a part in stage three patients also. And then is chemo and or radiation? Chemo plays a part in stage two, three, and four. 
The only stage that chemo doesn't apply to is stage one. And sometimes the patient gets the chemo before surgery. In stages two, in stage two, the chemo is usually given after surgery. And in stage three, radiation is also a part of the treatment. This is the advantage to a multidisciplinary program where we can consider each patient on their own and decide in what order to, do we give them these three treatments. Because if I wasn't at a multidisciplinary team, I might go to a surgeon who does the surgery without ever thinking that maybe the oncologist would want to do some chemo first. Right. And although most doctors are responsible and will talk to their colleagues, it's a matter of phone tag and having that doctor get their radiologist to go over the films with them again, and it's just not as efficient. Well, in terms of newer treatment options, what's being offered um, insofar as targeted therapies, immunotherapies? Are, is that being used for lung cancer yet? Absolutely. And we have in the other disciplines as well. We're doing most of our lung cancer surgery here at Upstate now by robotic methods, very minimally invasive. And for radiation, we we are a leader in targeted radiation, which is the ability to give people with certain smaller lung cancers three or four treatments rather than six weeks of treatment, which is an enormous time saving for the patient. For the medical oncology part, or chemotherapy, we are now using some standard chemotherapy as well as specific targeted agents for certain patients. It turns out that there are four or five mutations in the genes of the tumor itself that are altered in a few percent of lung cancer patients. And we analyze all of our patients for all of these mutations. If a patient has one of these, then there is a specific drug that we can give them, which has a higher chance of success because the patient has a particular mutation in the tumor. As time goes on, More and more of these drugs will be discovered. We know hundreds of mutations in lung cancer, but we only have drugs for a few of them now. Then there's immunotherapy, which is used more now in many patients rather than just those with certain receptors for immune therapy. There are many kinds of immunotherapy, and they are specifically used for certain patients. For instance, a common one for lung cancer is pembrolizumab. The trade name of that is Keytruda. And there are ads for that on television. And there are others as well that are used in different stages, different cell types, and different uh, lines of treatment. If it's the second line of treatment or the third line of treatment, different things are given to patients. From what I understand, doctors and researchers at Upstate have more than a dozen clinical trials underway that patients may qualify for. Is this something that comes up at the multidisciplinary team meetings? Absolutely, every time. And we actually have a clinical research professional who attends all the team meetings to remind the doctors of what trials this patient might be eligible for. 
Well, this has been very informative. Thank you to Dr. Leslie Coleman for this look at Upstate's Thoracic Oncology Program. I'm Amber Smith for Upstate's podcast and talk show, HealthLink on Air.